0: Welcome to the ERMI Podcast. I'm Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at ERMI, and for over 40 years, ERMI has been an industry leader in educating and informing insurance risk management professionals like you. In this episode, based on a snap talk presented at the 41st ERMI Construction Risk Conference, TJ Lyons, Safety Professional at DPR Construction. Starts an important dialogue on whether projects with fatalities should be eligible for lead awards. We hope you enjoy it.
1: I wanted to talk briefly about something that's been going on for 10 or 20 years, and which which has to do with uh, something that makes me uncomfortable, to make some of us uncomfortable on on this call or whoever is listening in, because it has to do with awarding uh, what the lead certification, right, which is a uh, cutting-edge buildings in the United States actually is the number one approach to building construction certifications in the world uh, where they build a beautiful structure, uh, sports stadium, hotel complex, office building. And people get killed during the uh, construction, construction workers. And yet the program is still awarded a certificate, and we'll talk about those levels in a little bit, which doesn't make sense to me. And A couple of years ago, a good friend of mine, Mike Hoff, who was at my wedding, uh, worked on a farm with me as kids from my class in school, just to get me to go shooting together. I was working on a construction project up here in Albany. They were putting in a, a large antler, air handler, into a building. So he's part of a crew of fitters. You don't know, call them plumbers, you call them fitters. And uh, as they were putting this uh, machine into place, uh, kind of came off the blocks and uh, crushed my my good friend. My cop's no longer with us. And she came out and he investigated, and it was a $7,000 know, fine violation. Um, but what I thought was very unique was on the side of the building today up here in Malta, New York, and you can go see it, is a plaque to Mike Hoff, kind of gave his life, right, to put this structure together. And that's kind of where this conversation is going to go for the next next few minutes, because it's something that I think we've overlooked in industry uh, for far too long. And there's a couple of reasons that we we kind of overlook people getting uh, killed on projects. And I, I want to kind of go into those those details. We as a general contractor, you want to avoid, maybe hey, we had a fatality on our project, right? And I've been doing this for 20 or 30 years. And I go back to a, a conversation I had with a company in Texas where uh, they were gonna do some large a large project for us. And I did some research and found out that they actually had had a fatality on their project the year before, but they hadn't put it in their submittal package. So I called the safety director up and they said, hey, you know, not for nothing, but uh, you had a guy who fell off a ladder last year and died. And his answer was, yeah, yeah, it was unfortunate, but he was a day worker, so we really didn't count that fatality uh, against the project. And it's something that I've seen uh, routinely, and understandably, right? GC doesn't want to be tied to a fatality. In my opinion, if you're building a construction site, no matter if you're the subcontractor or the GC, and someone is killed on that project, the world has to change a little bit. And that's kind of one of the reasons I'm kind of advocating for our next few minutes here that. Uh, you know, we have a, a worker death on the site, it should be a very big deal, right? We we typically count people who die in, for example, the Triangle Fire, uh, waste shirt Factory Fire in New York City, I killed a bunch of workers there, but um, we have, uh, and I've looked through the numbers, i probably looked at 40 cases for lead certification through the Green Building Council, maybe 20% of them, there's some fatalities, and I can go through a few of them, and, and it's kind of sobering to me, right? Uh, But also that's kind of what I want to advocate here is that we should not be awarding LEED certification uh, with this fatality on the project. In the U.S., the Green Building Council, just a great group, um, you know, they look at these buildings and they put in what's called LEED certification. LEED is a leadership in energy. And LEED certification is much larger than that. If you incorporate safety or low VOC finishings, for example, paints that don't smell so bad, Uh, bring in a lot of natural sunlight, uh, bring in plants make the worker environment uh, both uh, a lot nicer than a conventional office building and um, more sustainable. Uh, You get lead certification, you get lead points, right? So you accumulate points as this project is put together. If you bring in low VOC points, you get a point. If you bring in uh, some of the prevention to design uh, ideas that I advocate, uh, you get a point for that. And as as you accumulate points, you get varying levels of certification, kind of like flying with Delta, right? But for the lead, you can get a gold or silver or I believe a platinum uh, recognition when the project is done. There's a lot of value to this, a lot of work involved, first of all. But um, if you can prove that you're a leader in energy and in design of a building, right? You get recognized for that um, several ways. One is that you'll have, um, I mean, the LEED certification program, there's millions of people living in LEED's buildings today. So the scope of this is pretty important. And uh, they command some of the highest rents, I believe 20% over uh, conventional buildings, just because of these structures. They're beautiful structures, a lead structure, is something something worthy of recognition. Again, a natural sunlight, pleasing to the eye, a, a nice place to go to work, really is what they're shooting for there. It's, it's really a very effective program. But my vision, you know, and, and I've been on a lot of projects where they. There has been a fatality and the general contractor. Well, he really wasn't one of our person. It was one of our subcontractors. They kind of distanced themselves, as I mentioned before. So one of the things I've been working with over the last few years, and actually within the last couple of months more aggressively, is looking at how we and why we award certifications to buildings that have had fatalities. A couple of good examples of the city center in Las Vegas. So the city center in Las Vegas went a couple of years I want to say it was 6 or $7 billion. I believe they got six lead recognitions for that citywide project. But they, there were six workers killed putting together that whole complex. At one point, they called it City Cemetery. Uh, a couple other ones come to mind, which is the Barclays Center in, uh, in New York City, where a uh, lead certification, a uh, guy died there and a lot of steel fell on him, or, or Levi Stadium, which is in, I uh, think, Santa Clara, California where they had, uh, I think, two fatalities on the project. One of them, a guy came in early in the morning to do some work in the elevator shaft before he uh, not be conflicted by the other trades. Uh, somebody else came in early, operated the elevator at the same time, and uh, he killed the guy, right? So these are the kind of things that we're looking for, but in my perfect opinion, or my, my, my perfect world, you would not see a, a certification applied where there was fatality in a project, True fatality, we all know what they are now, personal medical injuries. So one of the things that I, I recognize is that we have very little control over a lot of the things we have on projects, people in, in particular. And especially in today's workforce, when we have a lot of people working that we, you know, they may not be ex- as experts as we needed. So there are some some nuances to look at. But if we were to form this opinion that you couldn't get lead certification if you had a fatality on your project, we'd look a lot closer to people doing the work which is something that I'm I'm very interested in. There's a huge opportunity here, and that's what I've been talking to the GBC about, to incorporate a lot of the things that we know are safer into buildings. so people who are putting these together don't get hurt. Um, Some of it goes to uh, leadership. Some of it goes to the actual way we put these buildings together. And I I think one of my favorite examples is that you uh, uh, put a parapet around a roof, right? So back to the, the days of the Bible, um, if you fail to put a parapet around the roof of your building, parapet is a short 40 inch wall that would keep it from falling off. Um, the owners of the building, if they had a, if somebody died falling off the roof would have the right to kill you. Right? Kind, of a, kind of a weird thing, but very old and an easy intervention, what I call design interventions. And there are a lot of those that if we were to incorporate these interventions into the, uh, into the work, as we put it together, it, you'd probably find that, um, there'd be a huge reduction in injuries and, and fatalities, right? We can't forget that. If there's one fatality on the project, you can't imagine how many other uh, non fatal injuries occurred because it's such a great indicator of, of a weak system. One of the second things I want to talk about is as you incorporate or as we encourage the building owners, the general contractors of the world to incorporate some of these design interventions as I call them, uh, we should accrue additional lead points, which is a, a huge opportunity in the industry. And something I'm working very closely with the building about. Um, I'm sorry, GVC about. Another great example is skylights. Um, kind of always hurts me that in the United States, we install skylights in buildings that only about uh, 4% of the skylights in the U.S. will hold the weight of a person. Overseas, it's unimaginable. They make skylights you can stand on overseas. And in fact, in a town nearby here, we had uh, a girl jump up on a gymnasium with her boyfriend in August. We think they were probably necking and, uh, they lay down on the skylight over the gymnasium. She died. He'll never walk again. And when I looked into it, they replaced the same skylight with the same skylight, right? What they call an armed hazard. We, we don't recognize that, but in the, in the world of lead and prevention through design, what I'm advocating here, if you were to put in the skylights, you can't fall through, you know, I'd say you should be rewarded for that. And, uh, probably save the lives of somebody you don't know. Those are the things that I'm kind of kind of looking for here. Other simple things, and believe it or not, we tend to put in these beautiful uh, surfaces on uh, floors so that can be swept, uh, when in many cases people don't sweep floors, right? So there's so many areas where we could simply do some design intervention, like a rough surface on a, a stairwell, so you can't fall down the stairs, and get points awarded for that as you move forward into your, your LEED certifications. One of the, I think, the key points here is to encourage companies right now and general contractors and owners that are involved in building lead projects to consider not awarding or taking an award uh, if a fatality occurs on a project. There are lead projects across the world, uh, across the US, beautiful ones, right? And uh, my challenge to a lot of the folks, hopefully some of them listening, uh, are if you do have a lead project and there's been a fatality on your project, um, don't go for that certification. I think it'd be more important to put a plaque up in the lobby uh, showing the man or woman who died building your building, you know, their part in the construction of that building and a bit of a memorial. It sounds very sad, but uh, it, it's 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 always bothers me that we, we tend to blame the worker for a mistake. And in this case, when we put together a building where workers were got killed, we cannot overlook uh, the impact on, on those workers, the workers around them, their families, right? We need to kind of do a better job, I think, of recognizing it. So I'm, I'm up to advocating as much as we can, a general contractor or an owner that's undergoing lead right now. If they have a fatality to uh, kind of take a pass on that, or maybe find a better way to recognize the folks. So we are working very closely with the, the Green Building Council, making really good progress, and how to incorporate some of this language into the actual tenants and requirements of the lead uh, construction. Uh, one of the things we're looking at is if there's a fatality uh, anywhere within the confines of the insured job site, right? And not, not, like I'm talking a construction fatality, not someone who had a heart attack or committed suicide, which is something that's become uh, not a routine, but something of concern. But if there's a death within the facility, uh, within the insured confines of the, the fence, the uh, the lead approach is, is canceled, right? And uh, in conversation with the GVC uh, as recently, last week, uh, they seem to think that's not a bad way to go about it. Right? It's a very fair assessment. There's not a lot of determination on whether or not the fatality actually happened on a job if it happened within the, the construction area. I guess one of the, the last things I want to wrap up here is that there's probably a, a chance, how can I put this, outside of the uh, league world, that if you're putting together a construction project and there, and there is a fatality, we take the time to recognize the men and women who put that together uh, maybe who lost their life putting together your sports stadium or high-rise condominium or, or a bridge or a tunnel. I think we need, we need to focus more on the persons, right? the people who lost their lives putting together our buildings so we focus more on prevention so we don't lose any more people uh, putting together our projects. It's kind of hard to put into words, but if we focus, on, we focus more on prevention, right, of that son and daughter getting killed on our project, the world's going to be a better place, uh, be very proud, probably prouder, there is such a word of these buildings we put together without a fatality. Um, though it's very unusual that we have to have these conversations that uh, we have to focus on not killing people going to work here in the United States. Uh, we're not getting much better at it. We still kill about 5,200 people a year, uh, simply going to work, but this might be one of the ways that we can kind of go forward to correct that. And if, if anybody's interested, they certainly can reach out to me. I'm, I'm passionate about this, and I suspect within the uh, next couple of months we'll have some type of resolution with the uh, the GBC and the lead requirements and wording uh, future projects that we can eliminate this uh, awarding of certification, whether it's kind of fatality on our project. But it's something that's uh, certainly been near and dear to me for years. It's also, in my opinion, a huge opportunity. Instead of saying, hey, you know, this is wrong, um, this is a huge chance to incorporate a lot of the things we know that make a building safer uh, into a building, I and mean, we answer, "What's in it for me?" Right. So, any general contractor owner, hey, you know, what's in this for me? If we can incorporate design interventions that will eliminate the risk to the owner long after we're gone, it's going to be uh, to their benefit. But number two, it's going to make the building certainly more sellable. Uh, and number three, you'll you'll see if you get into the world of prevention through design, a lot of these interventions don't cost really any. Any money to incorporate into the building design. And if that's the case and we put together the perfectly safe building, there should be a relief and uh, the insurer should give the owner some relief by incorporating some of these methods uh, into that construction. So that's what I had to. I just wanted to thank uh, Ermi and, uh, and the whole group over there of professionals and give me this opportunity to kind of expand on something that's been near and dear to my heart for a while. Again, any questions or anybody want to participate in this effort, uh, just reach out to me. Uh, My contact information is available through ERMI. I think we have a huge opportunity here to save the lives of sons and daughters we've never met by some simple, uh, I'll call it design intervention and some requirements on how we put our buildings together and and how
0: they're awarded. Hey, thanks for listening. Go to ERMI.com for more information and be sure to subscribe there to ERMI Podcast for more talks like this and to be notified when a new episode is released.